USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And we've got some other sponsors with us today as well. What do you think about when it's time to hire an attorney? What do you think about when it's time to ask for financial advice or social security advice? Or if you're thinking about retiring or maybe you're already retired and you're having a struggle with some of it, who do you turn to? Where do you go? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of experience you should be looking for when you're hiring somebody. So I'd like to first of all say good morning to attorney Mike Coleman. Good morning. And Mike works with attorney Tenny Lance, and they do primarily estate planning work, don't you? We do, yes. A lot of work with trust and wills and real estate transactions and things of that nature. That's correct. But you've been doing it for quite a while, haven't you, Mike? I've been here for about seven years. Isn't that amazing? It, it is. <laughs> and uh, Tenny's been here a little bit longer. And I also want to say good morning to Pete Lance. So good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's having a good Sunday so far. Pete, did you know that you are a progeny? I do not. That sounds like uh, the three amigos when he says, would you say I have a plethora of hats? No, progeny <laughs> simply means you're an offspring. But it's a nicer word than calling you an offspring. Either one. Why would you call me either one? I don't know. Well, son, good morning, and I'm glad you're here. Good morning, and no, I don't think I've heard that word. Okay. So for those of you listening, um, my father was an English major, and every single day he would put a word in my lunchbox that was you know, something really far out there, I did not that. just normal words like you know, spectacular or anything else, he would put all kinds of really funky words that nobody has really heard of and troglodyte and bollard and all these words. And, you know, I'm talking elementary school and I would have to come home and tell him what the word was and use it in a sentence. Well, did it help? I know a lot of useless words now. <laughs> <laughs> like prodigy or whatever you do. <laughs> Progeny. Progeny. P-R-O-G-E-N-Y. Go look it up in your dictionary. <laughs> so I taught some other people in the office last week a word which is called imbibe, I-M-B-I-B-E. Do you know that word? I do. To drink. Uh, to drink. To intake. Okay, so I taught some people with some college education uh, the word imbibe they had never heard before. I said, this ought to be your favorite word for Friday night or Saturday night. I think I'll go out tonight and imbibe. <laughs> But anyway, you know, words are fun. Words are a lot of fun. So welcome to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. Today we want to talk about some really important questions you should ask when you're hiring a financial advisor or perhaps when you're hiring a lawyer, especially an estate planning attorney. You know, lawyers tend to specialize in certain kinds of things. You wouldn't normally hire a personal injury lawyer to do your estate plan. You wouldn't normally hire an estate planning attorney to go and handle your personal injury case. It's a very specialized field, isn't it, Mike? Mm -hmm. It is, yes. And you get years and years of experience and practice and training, and you learn a lot. So you want to work with somebody who has experience. In 15 years, no longer than that now, 16 years of being a financial advisor, I have had only two people ask me, um, a real question about myself and my qualifications. And that's the only two people who have ever asked anything. Uh, so people are very trusting. And the other thing that you both share, um, and I do as well, is strict confidentiality. You have to always be very private and very confidential and very protective of clients' information, don't mm -hmm. you? That's right, yes. And um, I know there was a statute in Massachusetts um, I'm guessing maybe about 10 years ago that said very clearly and specifically, you're not allowed to 
reveal clients' financial information and personal information, but you also have an affirmative duty to be very protective about that information. Mm-hmm. You have to do things to be careful that you're not going to let information slip out. That's right. So these are some things you need to know, and, and they're, they're general things that do apply to every lawyer and every financial advisor. And in your case, Pete, you have certain securities licenses, and you are required under SEC law, Securities and Exchange Commission, and other requirements that you must always act in, in the, the best interest of the client. You must always put the interests of the client first. Correct, which I would do even if I wasn't obligated to do so. So the next thing you have to ask then is, what kind of experience should you look for when you're looking to work with an attorney or you're looking to work with um, a financial company or financial advisors? And how many different types of financial advisors are there to choose from? What's the difference between a financial advisor and a registered broker? Is that something that you can answer, Pete, or comment on a little bit? Uh, a financial advisor um, really can just have their life and health um, license, and they can sell financial products. They can sell life insurance. They can sell annuities. They can so sell like an insurance license, for example. Right. They can sell what's called fixed products. A registered broker, or it's basically a, an investment advisor representative, um, has the securities licenses that you were just talking about that I have. And that's somebody who can sell variable products, which, you know, variable annuities, variable life insurance products, as well as uh, individual stocks or mutual funds or exchange uh, traded funds, any of those type of products, which are securities based. I want to give a little bit of background information about Mike with uh, the possible risk of embarrassing you because I'm not (laughs) looking to do that. But Mike is a graduate of Fairfield University. Uh, that's in Connecticut, right? It is, yep, Fairfield. And um, you received a Bachelor of Arts in International Studies. Mm-hmm. And that was quite a while ago that you did that, about 14 years ago. Then you also received your law degree, which is called a Juris Doctor degree from Hofstra School of Law. Um, now, I think I asked you that once. That's on Long Island, isn't it? Hofstra's in Hempstead. Long Hem- Island. Hempstead, yep. Long Island. Okay. And actually, I graduated from uh, college 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Holy holy cow. <laughs> that must make you feel uh, like you're... Uh, I feel old. Have a lot of, no, you're not old. You're just experienced. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I know you met a lot of friends in college and law school, and uh, you still go down to New York quite a bit to visit them. No. But actually. I think you also graduated from law school with honors, did you not? Uh, cum laude, yeah. Cum laude. Most of my friends from college have moved on to different places. I don't get to New York much anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were still going fairly regularly. I know you used to. And I know you also passed the bar exam in not only Massachusetts, but also New York. Mm -hmm. So you've been practicing for about 13 years now. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated in 2007, so, Mm. yeah. You're a member of the Massachusetts Bar Association. You're a member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. Mm Mm-hmm the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, and the Massachusetts chapter of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. Yes. And I also know that your focus is primarily on estate planning, trust administration, probate matters, and a lot of work in real estate. That's right. And in your personal time, you have a dog. I was watching uh, YouTube a little bit last night and some funny videos about dogs. (laughs) And they had done some things like tearing up things or pulled something that they shouldn't have pulled something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the owner of the dog was saying, did you do something bad? And the dog is looking so guilty and putting their <laughs> eyes down. Hysterically funny. <laughs> Hysterically funny. Dogs know when you're berating them. And yeah, they do. They're Absolutely. very smart animals. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you've got a lot of experience and... Um, do you always have a sense that you're helpful to people and you're helping people when you're doing the estate plan? I try. It depends on the client. Some people are more thankful than others. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I try to help. You know, I, I tell people in the office sometimes if somebody has done a nice job for you, it doesn't matter what it is, 
Send them a little note and tell them thank you. You appreciate what's what's happened. I was driving to work um, uh, just recently, and on my way into work, I got a call from one of my medical doctors, and he just wanted to give me some reports of some test work I had done recently. And I was so impressed with that because I think it's the only time I've had a doctor actually reach out and give me a call and you know give me test results. So it's important to reach out and tell people when you've done something for them. It's important to say thank you to somebody if they've done a nice job for you. I asked you the other day, Pete, I said, have you ever received a card or a little thank you note from somebody after you've done work for them? And you said, yeah, you've done that. You've received cards maybe a half a dozen times. And it's really important when you get that. So don't forget to say thank you to people. It's just a different world. Very few people write letters or cards at all of any kind. You know, it's usually just a quick text. I've had some clients, um, because I have my cell phone number on my business cards, uh, text me and, you know, keep in touch with me that way. Um, but it's just the nature of today's world. Not many people write. No, they don't. And um, we've become slaves to our phones. I had a quotation from somebody, um, a lady I met with just the other day to talk about financial planning. She said, I never felt so dumb in my life as when I got a smartphone. Yep, and you said that you were going to write that down and use that quote. So I won't use her name on the radio, but I thought that was an interesting quotation. Um, In just a moment, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about why should you consider hiring an estate planning attorney And what should you look for when you're hiring an estate planning lawyer? And it is important to do an estate plan, isn't it, Mike? It is, very. Critically important. We see family situations all the time. You do on the law firm side. We do on the financial side when some spouse, a spouse has died unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. And really quickly before our break, it's not just for people with really large estates. It can save people with much lesser estates, so much time, uh, headaches, and money in the long run. Time, aggravation, and money. Yep. The three big ones. So we will be right back. Please stay tuned. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today. For a free consultation, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a free consultation or a free second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise with the Money Guys. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. We're always happy to have you be with us on Sunday morning. We get comments all the time from people who listen to the radio show. Rodney Dangerfield once said, by the way, uh, Mike and Pete, I found there was only one way to look thin. Hang out with fat people. (laughs) I love Rodney Dangerfield. He was one of a kind, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, some of his things that he said are not really suitable for the air. (laughs) So I have to be very careful when I'm talking about Rodney Dangerfield. When we left, we were talking about the importance of hiring an estate planning attorney, some reasons for that. Um, You're a specialist in what you do, right? Yes, absolutely. And so, Mike, because you belong to the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, Um, that's an organization that has lawyers in almost all 50 states. Mm -hmm. So that means if you have something that comes up with Florida law, for example, I know you have a number of Florida clients. Do you have relationships there and people you can reach out to for assistance? We have people that move to Florida that we can no longer give advice to because we're not practicing in Florida. Um, But if people do move down there, we have attorneys down there that can help. Absolutely. And I think you do that when you have deeds. So if somebody has property in Florida and you do a trust for them in Massachusetts, then you have a Florida lawyer that you have a relationship with who will actually draw the deeds, right? That's right, yeah. And we have people that just moved down to Florida who called us to see if we could help them 
but we actually uh, told them to meet with another American Academy member down there. And so, you're able to refer them specifically yes. to somebody, yeah. which is good. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of reasons. State, state laws are pretty complex, aren't they? They are. And they're different. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite state for state law, Mike? My favorite state for state law? I guess it has to be Massachusetts. <laughs> okay, yes, Massachusetts. So mine, mine is uh, Louisiana. Okay. And do you know why that is? They go back to uh, old... French Napoleonic right, Code. Right, So they have French civil law as the basis for their legal system in Louisiana, the only mm. state that does. <laughs> Sacre bleu! <laughs> but it's it's really complicated. It's really kind of interesting. So the other 49 states are based upon English common law, mm. right, including Massachusetts. And... So if you did something like a durable power of attorney or a health care proxy in Massachusetts and somebody moved to Florida, we'll use that as an example, then it's important that they update those particular documents in Florida, isn't right. it? Or at least meet with an attorney there to review them right? to see if they need to. But because of the common law feature that most states follow, if they did a trust and a will in Massachusetts, would that generally be okay in another state? It would. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, what, 14 or 15 states that have something called, um, it's a different kind of a law. It has to do with estate planning. I'm going to forget the name. There's a uniform trust code. Okay. Does, um, so does Massachusetts that, adopted that. Does that apply in most states? Well, it's a uniform code. The states have to adopt it, um, which Massachusetts did do. So I can't speak to other states. That's uh, with respect to trust. But there's, there's 14 or 15 states that follow something special for taxes mm-hmm. when somebody dies. I'm not going to remember the name of it offhand. Uh, I can tell you that Massachusetts has an estate tax. There are other states that have estate taxes. Some have higher exemptions or yeah. lower exemptions. That's going to um, bug me until I think of it. I will remember it. It's not common law. It's got something to do with uh, having equal rights. Um it's full faith and credit. Full uh, 50-50 ownership rights under the law. Well, there's common law states or... Um, but it's complicated anyway. I'll come back to that in a minute. So you have a lot of experience doing trusts and wills, and um, that's what people should be looking for, somebody who really knows what they're doing mm-hmm. um, in that area. So besides doing wills and trusts, when somebody dies, you're able to give the surviving members of the family advice and information about what they need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Are you talking about joint property states? I mean, there are different states that have, with respect to what happens to property when people pass away. Yeah, that's basically what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah there are different ways to hold title to property. It could be by as tenants in common, as joint tenants, um, as tenants by the entirety, which is the way... Husbands and wives hold title. So there are all sorts of different ways to hold title of the property. I know California is a joint property state. I wouldn't yeah. get into that. but And you can title um, brokerage accounts and other things like that as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you have uh, clients who have done a trust, then you'd want to have their financial assets titled in the name of the trust, wouldn't you, Pete? Yeah, and it's fairly easy to switch things over, to change the ownership over. You can't do that with... IRAs, um, because that's owned individually and cannot be put into a trust. Very good point. Do you ever have a situation when somebody has moved to another state and you've got clients in Massachusetts who are trying to help find them? Do you ever have that situation? People have moved to another state and we have people trying to find them. I do, and that happens with me with um, estates. Sometimes we need to find children. Um, We have one right now where a woman passed away, she had children from a prior marriage who all live in Canada. And so we have to provide them with notice of what's going on in the probate. And the stepchildren are the ones that came in to actually start the probate. Hmm. So that complicates things a little bit because we need to provide them with advance notice of what's going on. And they're in a different country, so it's, it's complicated. Well, I know Rodney Dangerfield once said, when I was a kid, my parents moved a lot, but I always found them. <laughs> Not yeah, exactly. he was very self-deprecating. <laughs> Not exactly the same thing. Um, so another question to ask uh, that we have on our list here is, 
how do I know when it might be time to fire my financial advisor or attorney or move on to someone new? Um, and that's a question that we get from time to time uh, with new clients who have left uh, a financial advisor who they weren't happy with for some reason or another. Um, I think the biggest thing is communication. Absolutely. I think if, if uh, your advisor doesn't communicate with you regularly, um, at least offer an annual review of your uh, accounts and your financial plan, um, then you should be looking elsewhere. Uh, same thing with our um, home and auto insurance company. Um, very few um, property and casualty agencies, which is home and auto insurance, reach out to their clients ever. They just continue to send bills and collect the premiums and that's it. Um, Cheryl reaches out to her clients at least once a year. And who's Cheryl? Uh, the office manager for Lance Family Insurance Agency, okay. and she will requote people on her own without even having the um, client ask. And she'll say, "Hey, I requoted you, and I was able to save you money, or I requoted you, and you're still on the best place possible." That's really important. Uh, we offer annual reviews to all of our clients. Mike, I know that you and the law firm send out regular communications, um, newsletters, and emails. And you offer, um, what do you typically typically uh, recommend for a review? Isn't it like a three-year review? Three to five years, we send out letters to have people meet with us and go over how accounts are titled and uh, if anything has changed in their lives with beneficiaries or... Maybe there's a death in the family or something right. of that nature. Right. Or a, a legal change, a change in, in Massachusetts, it's, you know, law. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have fights in their family, don't they? They don't get along with their kids anymore. And the That's kids right. have moved away won't talk to them for years. So if your financial advisor, your insurance agent for your home and auto insurance, or your attorney are not in contact with you at least once a year, think about you know that relationship and if that's something that you want to continue. Um, or if you're looking for someone who you know is a little bit more hands-on and, and possibly cares a little bit more about your personal situation and your personal goals. So we talked uh, a little bit earlier about Mike and the licenses that he has. He has uh, law licenses in a couple of states, Massachusetts, uh, New York, and uh, law degrees. What licenses do you have to have, Pete, to be a financial advisor that you are? What are some of the licenses that you carry? Well, I talked earlier about that, the life and health, and I have my securities licenses. And, And what securities licenses? What are they called? Um, series 6, Series 63, Series 65. So those are important things. You had to study a long time, both of you, to get those licenses, didn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's They, they make it very difficult for a reason because if anybody could get the licenses, then um, and if anybody could be an attorney, then you know a lot of people would be giving out really bad advice and there'd be a lot of people in trouble. Although there are quite a few attorneys, so... Yeah, that's I true. I don't know <laughs> and, how hard it is. And we do deal with other financial advisors. Um, and that's one thing to tell you also if you're listening out there. You don't have to fire your financial advisor. You don't have to fire your attorney. Um, you don't have to fire your home and auto insurance agent. We do all of that work for you, so there's no messiness for you. There's no um, drama that you have to deal with. We contact the people, and, and we let them know, hey, um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith have decided to move over with us, so uh, please send us any records or files that you might have. And sometimes, if you are doing something really important medically, you might want to get a second opinion on something. Right, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We definitely have um, people who, you know, maybe they have a a cousin or a sister who's a financial um, planner, and they feel bad leaving them, but they're also not quite sure whether they're doing the right thing, so they will come in and see us for a second opinion. Um, we don't ever charge for our appointments. Um, I know, Mike, you do for certain appointments, but Just not for, for Medicaid, our... right? We charge if someone's coming in for immediate need for assistance when someone's going into a nursing home. Um, if it's a general appointment talking about how to protect assets long time down the road, there's no charge for that appointment. So not all lawyers are the same. Not all financial planners are the same. And the, like you said, I mean, it really does make sense. If you're not 100% happy with your lawyer, advisor, insurance agent, 
um, or if you're questioning whether something may or may not be correct um, or, you know, what you're looking to do, get a second opinion, just like you would if something serious was happening with your health, like my dad said. I think what really matters is experience matters. Mm -hmm. And you gentlemen both have a lot of experience. Experience matters and the care and personal attention that we give and the communication that we provide, uh, I think that's what matters most. You know, one of my favorite um, writers and authors who's no longer with us is uh, George Carlin. I love George Carlin. Uh, the same thing is the same way I love Rodney Dangerfield. He once said, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor. I've heard that before, but never knew it was attributed to him. Yes, that's George Carlin. He, he was a, a brilliant mind, gone yes. far too soon. Mm. Well, he also said one other thing, which is not relevant to anything that we're doing today, but I just happened to like it. He once said, George Carlin, the very existence of flamethrowers proves that sometimes, somewhere, Someone said to themselves, you know, I want to set all these people on fire over there, but I'm just not close enough to get the job done. That makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll pause at that one. We're going to take another break, and we will be right back. And I'm going to talk about what kind of products does the law firm specialize in, what kind of guidance do you specialize in, and the same thing with financial matters. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a free retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to talk to you on Sunday morning. Welcome back to Pete Lance from USA Wealth Group. Welcome back to Mike Coleman from Lance Law, Inc. So, Pete, what are some of the kinds of financial products that you do when you're giving financial advice to people? What are some of the specific products that you might talk to them about? Uh, life insurance, annuities, brokerage accounts. I mean, there's, all, there's a whole array. Um, and, you know, some are important across the board, such as life insurance, uh, whether it's to cover... Um, estate tax uh, when you pass and protect your family, whether it's to provide um, a lump sum of tax-free money to uh, a spouse who now lo no longer has your um, income. Uh, it depends. Whatever age you are, um, you really should have life insurance, number one. But then there's some other products. Brokerage accounts are not for everybody. Um, they obviously have the potential to earn a lot, but they also, depending on what it's in, uh, have the potential to lose um, a lot. And um, as our clients get older, and especially now that they're no longer earning income and have acquired a nest egg, we like to try to preserve as much of that as possible. So we try to, you know, keep that money um, still growing at a, at a good rate, but in some other products that cannot lose the principal. Um, for a good portion of their assets, at least. And we can give advice until we're blue in the face, but ultimately it's up to that client. Um, we've got some clients who have, you know, millions of dollars, and that's all they have for their retirement assets, and they're all in the stock market. And they're, you know, in their 70s or 80s. So um, it's kind of a long-winded answer, and I apologize, but a lot of different products, and it really depends on each person's individual um, goals and age and everything else. And I know more recently you've become somewhat of an expert on college finance, aren't you? Because you have a, a son who's about to enter college oh, yeah. in a short while. Well, we've always been able to help people provide plans for you know college um, savings for their children. Um, but yeah, this is a whole new world of all of the hoops that you have to jump through to get your child to apply and get accepted and look at scholarships look at student loans 
it's very complicated. There's a lot more involved than I ever thought, and especially um, he's uh, been accepted to Mass Maritime, and there's even more things to do with that, you know, uniform fittings and... Getting a haircut. Uh, yes, he needs that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mike, you meet with a lot of different kinds of clients. You must see situations, I would assume, in which you have a, f- a family where not everybody gets along. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> and so um, in that situation, sometimes maybe a trust is a better thing for people to do because you could hold money back from people or you could just let them have the income only and things of that nature, I suppose. Yeah, ideally, if people know that there are going to be issues in the future, they could set up a trust and try to hold assets in trust and do things that way. Unfortunately, what happens most of the time is that people don't anticipate that or they just don't plan correctly so sure it's a mess and i assume you've also seen situations in which maybe somebody has a special needs child in the family Mm -hmm. and they can't handle money or they don't make good decisions or they have a a substance abuse problem and maybe money needs to be managed for them yeah they can do that they can have money held in trust for that child's needs for rent or medical costs or just maintenance costs. So the trust could be an important management tool for helping to provide for a child who has issues or problems or special needs, mm-hmm. but yet at the same time have it taken care of them or taken care of for them. Right. Well, it's not just a, ch- a child that may have special needs, but um, I know that there have been many trusts set up throughout the years um, for say someone who has two children and one of them is very irresponsible with money, very irresponsible just in general. And, you know, at age 30, one child will get, you know, X amount of money, but uh, the other child will get a smaller portion at 30 and then another portion at 35 and then mm-hmm. you know, spread spread it out yeah. uh, so the person doesn't just blow through the money. Mm-hmm. One thing I've always uh, recommended when I've talked to clients is that as much as possible, try to teach your, uh, treat your children equally. Uh, sometimes I've had people say, well, you know, I've got one child who's done very well financially. They don't need any money from me, but my other child does. Well, it seems to me that if you do that and take that kind of an approach, then you're rewarding the person who just hasn't done well, and maybe it's partly their fault, and you're penalizing the child who's done well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better to start out treating people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, equally. But have you ever met the perfect family, Mike? No, I have not. <laughs> I've always said there's no such thing as a perfect family. George Carlin once said, the other night I ate at a real nice family restaurant. Every table had an argument going. <laughs> well, go to Disney World sometime and look at the arguing that goes on in the happiest place on earth. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Have you seen that before? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Everybody gets hot and gets tired of waiting in lines, and the kids are saying, I'm tired. I'm, I want ice cream. I, <laughs> I thought they sprinkled Disney juice or pixie juice or something to pixie dust, keep people happy. No? That would be George Carlin, probably. <laughs> no, but there was a, it's kind of a crude um, meme, I guess, if you will, and you can't even find it anymore. Disney must have crushed it, and you can't even Google it anywhere now. Uh, It says, when I die, I want my, I want to be spread around Disney World. Also, I don't want to be cremated. (laughs) I have to think about that one a little bit. I'm not sure I get it either. I'm not sure I think about that. (laughs) I think our engineer gets it. (laughs) Well, here's a question for both of you gentlemen. Whether it's legal work or whether it's financial work, what standard of care are you held to? Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to do the, absolutely the best job you can for your clients, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And part of that is listening. And Mike, I'm in some appointments with you, but not many. It's really if they need a financial advisor at the same time. Um, so I'm not sure about your process, but I'm sure it's very, very similar to what my father and I do, which is... Mm-hmm we have a conversation. You know, why are you here? How can we help you? Um, What are your your goals? What are you you looking to achieve? What are you looking to accomplish? Um, And there are, we we 
belong to a whole group of um, financial advisors that we meet with several times a year to learn new information. Um, you know, and that's important. That's very it important. It is, but some of these advisors will present how they work, and it just doesn't work with anybody here in this office. And what that is is. Ask your advisor or your lawyer or just think about it. What do you do for education? Are they listening to you or are they pitching? Are they giving you a sales pitch or are they actually listening to you? Mm -hmm. Because some of these other advisors, they say, I'll meet with a, with a, a prospect and I will say, um, you know, here's who I am and, and it's all about me and here's my, um, my qualifications and why you should work with me. And if you're interested, great, we'll have a follow-up meeting in two weeks. Otherwise, you know, there's the door. So here's another really important question I want to ask both of you. I'm going to start with Mike. If we're talking about what standard of care are you held to, what do you do for keeping current with the law, reading materials, attending webinars, and things of that nature? You always do things to stay current, don't you? Yeah, we're always um, attending as many conferences as we can, uh, classes to earn CLEs. What's a uh, CLE? Continuing legal education. Okay. So those are important to stay updated on the laws. We're members of various listservs, which have attorneys talking about all the changes in the laws and the newest issues. So, so that means basically you're sharing and exchanging information with right. other attorneys. Right. And I want to pursue this particular subject a little bit further. What, ladies and gentlemen, what questions are you asking your current lawyer, your current advisor? Are you asking them, what do you do to stay current in the law? What do you do to stay current with financial and tax topics? Mm -hmm. What kind of ongoing education do you And unfortunately, do? Uh, all lawyers, um, you, Mike, you just talked about continuing legal education. Uh, Dad, you and I have to do just regular CE, which is continuing education, um, before our license renews. Um, and I've actually forgotten, is it three years or four years? It used to be three, and I think they've... Three. I think they've... Okay, so it's still three. Um, but we have to do required continuing education, and I think a lot of um, financial advisors and lawyers only do that, and they don't keep up with other things like changes in the law. Um, so reading. That, that's a critical question to ask your financial advisor and think about. You would not want to go to a doctor who didn't read medical journals and have ongoing training, would you? Well, th there's medicines that come out all the time. There's yeah. new treatments. There's new ways to, um, you know, to look uh, at oh. the medical field. So it's the same with legal and, and financial. I want to continue to pursue this uh, right after a short break. Stay tuned. This is a really important question you need to ask, ladies and gentlemen. Call 508 998 8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. 508 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about something very important. If you have a lawyer or financial advisor, or if you're thinking of having one or getting one, changing one, what kind of questions should you ask? So I think we were talking very quickly, gentlemen, uh, Attorney Mike Coleman and Pete Lance from USA Wealth Group. Um, Mike, of course, is an attorney with Lance Law Inc. We're talking about what do you do to stay current? What do you do to keep up to date? Laws change all the time. Look so, how many tax laws we've had changed in just the last couple of years. I was just going to say, not just laws that pertain to estate planning, but also to financial planning. So... You do a lot of things, I know, Pete, to stay current. You go to ongoing conferences. You have a weekly call every Thursday morning, which I also attend, talking about changes in products and laws and things that we need to think about. Every Thursday every, morning. Every week we do this. We do that, um, and we're on for about an hour. Um, and we also 
probably once a week we'll do a webinar um, that's just online uh, live training with somebody talking about a new subject. Uh, they offer them all the time, and we try to uh, view as many as we can. Um, I had mentioned a while back that there's also um, weekly uh, advisor cheat sheets that talk about you know what's going on in the market last week and what's coming up this week. Um, there's so you're kind of flooded with the material every single week, aren't it, you? Yeah, there's there's so much, and we uh, read and watch a lot. One of the things that I do is I have a number of uh, fairly important publications that I get. I get the Wall Street Journal. I read every day. I get uh, Kiplinger's magazines. I, I read constantly. How many times am I bringing in articles and passing them around? Daily. Yep. <laughs> Mike, you get the Lawyers Weekly. You mm -hmm. get blurbs from the uh, NALA, Mass NALA, right. National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. So again, it goes back to what I was saying before. There's required continuing education for lawyers and for financial uh, advisors, but um, that's really not enough at all. Um, and so hopefully, uh, if, if your advisor or lawyer is not doing that, and ask them, ask them, you know, quite frankly, what are you doing to keep up with changes? And uh, if they don't have a good answer and don't give you all kinds of examples like we just did, then maybe it's time for that second opinion. Yep. And I know that you reach out to people periodically. And Mike, you've already established that at least every three years you reach out mm -hmm. to your clients. Right. But remember, if there's any change in your life or in your family, then you need to think about, should I change something with my documents? And, and, and again, I've, I've mentioned this numerous times over the many, many years that we've been doing this show. If uh, you are not 100% sure that all of your accounts or your will or your trust are um, set up the way that you want with regards to your beneficiaries or anything else, Come on and see us, and we'll be happy to help. It's very easy to do a change of beneficiary form for sure. almost anything. Mm -hmm. And these are not just small things necessarily. These are big things. These are things that have very important consequences. Like uh, George Carlin once said, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. I always thought that was a cute quotation yeah. from him. Again, he, was a, had a, he had a very smart mind. He had a good way of, with words. And um, I'll, I'll share a few with you in, in just a minute. Um, you know, how do you go about creating a legal plan for clients, Mike, an estate plan? You want to know what the person's family is, what their assets are, what their mm -hmm. objective? What do you look at? What do you talk to them about? It really depends on what, you know, what they have for assets, what their goals are, um, there are so many different things to think about. There's an estate tax in Massachusetts that we always have to consider. We want to avoid going through probate with assets. We want to make sure if there are kids involved that we have things passed on to the kids in why, the right why way. Is it, why is it important to avoid probate? Uh, it's a court process. Okay. And anytime you get a court involved, you're losing control of the situation, basically. Mm -hmm. So, and especially right now with COVID, it's even harder to get in contact with the court. Things take longer than they ever have before. So anytime that you can stay out of court, you want to. It's also a public record. Right. So everybody can see your business. Right, right. So That's therefore, trust is often a better choice, isn't it? That's right, yeah. But you wouldn't do it for somebody that had maybe $10,000 worth of assets. You would do it for somebody who had... You know, a few assets. A little well, bit we would assets. still do something for the person that doesn't have, you know, a lot of money. We might do just a will to make sure that someone's name as the executor. It's important to have at least that. If you don't have that, then you don't know who's going to be in charge. You don't know where your assets are going to go. So it's important to name someone to be in charge, and it's important to name who's going to get things when you pass away, even if it's a small amount of money. And you want things to be clear. You don't want things to be confused for clients, right? right. You don't want things to be confused for the mm -hmm. family. I was thinking about that the other day because George Carlin once said, may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. If you have a trust, they won't get confused, right? <laughs> You're really hooked on Carlin today. Yeah, well, I can not, I'm not saying I mind, it's just... I don't think there's been any other quotes but Carlin today. 
Well, I'll give you one more then. George Carlin also said, <laughs> there are nights when the wolves are silent and only the moon howls. Hmm. Got to think about that one. That's what happens if you don't have a trust, Mike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm stretching. So, but if you don't have a power of attorney, that's a really critical document, isn't it, I would say. That's names an agent to pay your bills for you to make healthcare decisions, so that's important. Yep. I had a yep. woman in just the other day who said she had done documents a couple of years ago with your firm mm-hmm. and with you, and uh, I said, well, then you've already done a power of attorney because she had a question about that. I mm-hmm. said, um, the office can look up your files and pull out your documents and give right. you copies if you don't have them. I guess for the most part, you keep copies of everything. So if a client loses them, you could give them another copy or another original of some documents, perhaps. We do. Yep. We keep originals here in the office. And Pete, when you're doing a financial plan for a client, I guess you have to do similar things, don't you? You have to do, what are your goals and objectives? What are your assets? What are you making now? Are you at risk? What are some of the things that you look at? Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean... I've, I sound like a broken record saying this again, but I've said it a uh, hundred times that every person that sits across from me has a, a different, you know, set of goals, and they're a different puzzle that you have to put the pieces together um, to make sure that you're doing what's best for them, what they're, you know, what's going to achieve and accomplish their goals, uh, protect their family, protect themselves, protect their assets. Um, grow as much as possible, um, but you know it's it's totally unique and totally individual for everyone who sits across from me. And you want people to have financial freedom, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. That's the ultimate goal. Is uh, once they're done meeting with me and and getting everything done and having the plan put into place, you can see a, a wave of you know ah wash over them. Relief. And it's it's. It's really nice to see, and I'm sure, Mike, you see that as well when mm-hmm. people sign their estate plan and walk out with the big uh, red three-ring binder with all of their documents in their, mm-hmm. under their arms, and they're, they're relieved, yep. and yeah. they're happy that they've done something for themselves, for their spouse, for their family. No, it's an important thing to do in life. So you like to give people financial freedom, don't you? You just asked me that, and I said yes. Because I wanted to tell you something that George Carlin had to say about freedom. That's why I wanted to ask that question. Well, if crime fighters fight crime and firefighters fight fire, what do freedom fighters fight? They never mention that to us, do they? He had a whole thing about words, didn't he? Did he had he a great a thing about words. And a whole bit about words. Yep. Specifically, he had a big thing about words. Yeah, so you know what frisbees are, right? Those little circular things that you throw around, sometimes your dog catches them. Mm-hmm. Do your dogs catch frisbees, Mike? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where, where is this going? Well, folks, we're out of time. We'll see you next. No, because George Carlin once said, Frisbeterianism is the belief that when you die, your soul goes up on the roof and gets stuck. Okay. <laughs> weird. What's going on with you today? Well, at least I'm not laughing at my own jokes. I'm laughing at somebody else's jokes. <laughs> we only have a few minutes left. Yes, we only Bottom, have few... the, the last thing I'd like to leave everyone with, I talked about it in the second part of the show, I believe, is first of all, do you feel like your lawyer or your financial advisor or your home and auto insurance agent were trying to sell you something or actually trying to help you and listening to you? Um, and... If you have not heard and been, you know, in communication with your lawyer, financial advisor, or insurance agent um, in the last year in any way, then you really should come and have a second opinion. Yep, I agree with that. And you want to make sure that the advisors that you're working with have good professional credentials, have your interests apart, communicate, as you just mentioned, and stay very current on what they're doing. They need to stay current on what they're doing. Think about it this way. If you already have a lawyer, a financial advisor, uh, you obviously have a home and, and auto insurance agent, just pretend that you don't have one of any of those and write down a list of 10 questions that you would like to ask and know um, the answers to and 
see if that's really who you're with now uh, lives up to those standards and those questions. Okay, and Is, I promise... You have a George Carlin... You're, you're, no, you're, I'm, I promise no more George Carlin quotations today, so you can applaud now. But Rodney Dangerfield once said, my mother had morning sickness after I was born. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you look like you're about to crack yourself up. <laughs> I'm just having a good time today reading this. All right. One more from Rodney Dangerfield, and then we'll wrap up today. I remember the time I was kidnapped, and they sent a piece of my finger to my father. He said he wanted more proof. (laughs) Very nice. We're going to close today, ladies and gentlemen. We're basically out of time. I want to thank everyone for listening today. What we've talked about is really important. Work with people who know what they're doing, who have experience, and who have your interests and your confidentiality at heart. Thank you so much for being with us today. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. You've been listening to Money Wise with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc., For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. If you have questions about retirement or would like to set up a free consultation, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. MoneyWise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. This radio show is a paid placement.